yes. Well, okay. I shouldn't say yes. I don't know, but yes, definitely yes. Because uh, it did look like shreds, and I'm like, I know. I we also like, have a significant raccoon population oh, around that's here, fair, yeah. so it's more likely that. But my money's on the demon cat. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome <laughs> back to Spilling Eve, your favorite neighborhood cat podcast. <laughs> yes. uh, I, of course, am Christy Lapointe, and with me is the wonderful Caroline Das, Toronto actor, improviser, comedian. Welcome to the show, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me. We're definitely not re-recording this intro not because at of all. a technical difficulty. Very natural and for yes. our first time. Yes, so authentic. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for being on the show. I I am just so happy to talk about this show. I'm so, so happy. Happy to have you here. And because we already did the banter mm-hmm. that no one will ever hear, let's just jump right into absolutely, the episode. absolutely. Uh, so season two, episode five, yes. "Smell You Later," which struck me when the episode titles were released as not the most Killing Eve sounding mm. title. Uh, it was directed by. Here we go again. I already <laughs> mispronounced this one. I think you did it right, though. It sounded very I'm gonna right. I'm going to say Francesca. Gregorini, which I mean, this is a great name. I just don't know how yeah. to pronounce it. And then it was written by Freddie Cyborn. Please feel free to write me in with phonetic <laughs> corrections, listeners. I will not be offended. Or Freddie. Uh, <laughs> yes, upset. that's right. Hey, Freddie. Uh, oh, please. If I was writing on a show, I would for sure listen to every podcast about right? it and then, you know, oh. argue back into my earbuds. Uh, and this is notable that Freddie is the only writer credited because mm-hmm. it's the first one of the season that the season two showrunner Emerald Fennell is not credited on. So let's see how that affects the app. Yeah. All right. Now we're diving in for yes. real. Yes, yes. No fake outs. This is actually a prank show. We're not even going <laughs> to record this podcast. So back to cats. Villanelle. Yeah, I'm having a real cat situation at my house. There's a cat who's maybe stalking me. Like we can get into it later. First, let's do Killing Eve. Yes. Villanelle. Yes. Uh, back to her antics. Mm-hmm. A murderer mm. for hire, and she's killing a guy in a car wash. And it is just like a classic example of her. Yes. Uh, like an ostentatious, yes. like very performative kill. Yes. She's dressed up. Yeah. She like pounces into the car yeah. once the car wash is going. She's, again, staring into the victim's eyes as yes. the life drains from his face. Yeah. She seems in her element. Absolutely. In the best way. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back at Eve HQ, they still have the ghost in custody and they mm-hmm. are still trying to interrogate her. And she's not breaking at all. There's a man in there by the name of Charles who uh, Jess and Eve are sort of like mocking and imagining what they think he's saying. Uh, and then Eve wants to go back in and basically says to Caroline, Carolyn, haha, that's going to be funny. I know that's going to be a fun, uh, <laughs> a fun Carolyn, bit. the character, not Caroline, yes. my wonderful co-host <laughs> guest, uh, says to Carolyn, like, let me back in there. Yeah. And she goes in and she kind of asks her a few things. And then she asks the ghost about Villanelle and if she knows her, like if she's familiar with her. And it's really not clear why she's asking her that. And the ghost has a real actor moment of recognition on her face. She looks down in kind of a way and she calls her something and Eve pushes and is asking like, what does that mean? And she says, the demon with no face, which felt very Buffy in a way that delighted me. Uh, I thought it was a very interesting choice, too, to be like, okay, the ghost, this new assassin, is familiar with Villanelle. Yeah. I'm going to circle back to the car wash kill at first. Yes. Because there's a uh, there's a moment of conversation between Villanelle and Constantine 
where um, she mentions, I would have killed him for his license plate alone. Yeah. I wrote down the license plate. What was it? I thought it was L-I-I-R-G-E. I don't know what that means. So I'm like, I'm going to ask because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not sure what that means if, or I just, I don't know what it wrong. I don't or, know what that is either. Listeners, this is a real listener. Uh, yeah. I mean, if it's some kind of like horrific racial slur or something. Oh my gosh. Just, I uh, don't know. Just please let us know that it's bad. But I assumed, because I didn't clock the license plate at all. Yeah. So I just assumed it was like some douchey thing she didn't like. That's what I thought too. But I don't know if that's necessarily something in English or another language or yeah, yeah I assumed it was some like misogynistic like women are dumb Interesting. or you know like and something it is, it is very funny because Constantine is then like no you can't just kill for free that's yeah. like our one bread and butter yeah. skill right now between the two of us uh but yes the the ghost does know Villanelle and is like terrified of her apparently yeah. um which is pretty intense that this assassin is that afraid of another killer also, I don't know if the uh, the name struck me too, the demon with no face, but I feel like how performative and how accessible her photos have been too, mm-hmm. as, and as Oksana, and I don't know, it feels like she doesn't hide. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. You know, so it's interesting that she's being called the demon like with no face. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's like a hiding in plain sight thing. I don't Maybe, know. I suppose. I, I, I don't, yeah. So we have uh, Villanelle and Constantine kind of debriefing the mm-hmm. kill and having a very tender kind of hangout. Villanelle is staring down like performance artist statues. Yeah, the, and... uh, the, the bronze. They're bronze yes. in Europe, it seems. I feel like we have silver in Yes, in, silver in feels more like North American. Yeah. Uh, for sure, just a little tackier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're having just kind of a really nice moment. It's yeah. nice to see them together. I really enjoyed them in this episode. And then we go back to Eve at the MI6 offices, and she is fully massaging Jess's feet. Yes. Which is... As a woman who enjoys a good foot massage, I can appreciate. Mm-hmm. But and I get that she's pregnant. But it did seem very strange for the workplace. Yeah. I and feel I never, like yeah. if I walked into any office and I saw anyone massaging anyone's foot yeah. out of a shoe, I'd be very put off. It, it was a little strange, and I I never got that familiarity with them. Yes, for for that, and and I I can I can suspend my reality for like this is a very unconventional workplace. Like there's a there's a level of intimacy you need with your coworkers Absolutely. for this kind of work, and but I thought it was a sweet moment, you know, it, and and it was it was nice in that way. It was really funny because I I felt like I went through a roller coaster of emotions just seeing <laughs> very triggering seeing foot rubbing because I yeah. was like I do. Love this. I love that it's happening. It's a cool moment between two female co-workers. But also, you're massaging each other's feet at work. The sock was on, though, so I'm appreciative of that. Oh, if the sock had been off, this (laughs) would be a whole other conversation. Yeah. Maybe they're just really catering to, like, I don't know, the foot fetish community who also love Killing Eve. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Uh, but they're, of course, having conversation during that. Yes. It's not just a weird silent foot rub. <laughs> yeah. uh, Several and- long minutes of silence in foot rubbing. I mean, I wouldn't put it past the show, <laughs> to be honest. But Jess uh, and Eve are talking, and Eve yeah. basically comes up with this plan to put a hit out on herself to lure Villanelle in to then have Villanelle interrogate the ghost. Yeah. Which is funny, because I would think, like, isn't Villanelle still technically... 
a murderer who you're all supposed to be capturing, but all of a sudden it's fine for her to just be used as an asset. Yeah, I the whole because especially in 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 um the previous episode, Carolyn was like, "Forget Villanelle. We have the ghost mm-hmm. now. The mm-hmm. ghost is the priority." And I think I think I'll I'll touch on more later towards a scene that came up a bit, but I think it's really just exploiting right now Eve's obsession with Villanelle. Yeah. So I think we're seeing this shift because I feel like season one was largely. Villanelle's obsession with Eve and I think now we're seeing the inverse of that or the result of that you well, know this yeah. is the cause and effect certainly so, in this episode we're yeah. getting a real heavy taste of, of yeah. that of sort of Eve's side of it yeah so Eve basically comes up with this plan and the other guys in the office are like this seems kind of nuts I don't know yeah. and, no one's on board with this yeah no and, one's like great idea yeah you oh know? totally yeah. and then Jess basically confronts Eve about paperwork and rule following yes in a way that i really enjoyed because eve has largely not been held accountable for anything that's happened certainly a lot is secret yeah people don't know about the stabbing yada yada yeah but even the stuff she technically has done on the books she's not doing paperwork for it she's not recording and when jess asks her about it yeah eve sort of brushes it off like that's not my job yeah and Jess says, actually, it is your job. It's all of our jobs. Everything has to be done properly. Yeah. Are you doing that? Just because Carolyn is uh, maybe encouraging you or yeah. helping you doesn't mean that she's going to have your back if shit hits the fan. Yeah. Which I thought it was really interesting to hear someone be that blunt with Eve. I feel like we haven't really had that this season there is no. no bill there is no one tethering eve no and i think i think that's twofold especially with like carolyn's machinations of what's going on you know we know she's she knows so much more than she's letting on mm-hmm. and i think if it were important to eve's position within her organization she would have followed up with eve i honestly think that but i think there's a reason why she hasn't you know, and I think there's an idea, Ugh. right? And I think Carolyn, what's going on in your life? I know. Tell us. I know it's frustrating because like I understand it from what Jess and the other coworkers know. You know, they only know what they see and they assume Eve is at the same position they are. Mm-hmm. And having worked in an office, it sucks to have someone not do their paperwork. Oh, ah. absolutely. Yeah. It felt like real co-working yeah. dynamics there where it was like someone calling you out on your bullshit. Like, yeah. you're getting away with this thing you shouldn't be and it's not okay. Yeah, it feels and, like a group project kind of thing where it's like, yes. we all did our slides for the PowerPoint presentation. Where is your slide? And just because you're the teacher's pet doesn't mean you can't you're going to get an A with doing no work. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a very interesting, and yeah. I, it made me really like Jess and kind of show her colors a little bit. Yeah, more. absolutely. So Villanelle is uh, kind of following Constantine around, and she's told to wait outside. Yeah, and there's such a good line here. I'll bring this up later, but I wrote it down. She she says, uh, "Where is it?" She says, "You're just going to tie me up outside like a dog," <laughs> and she's so dramatic yeah. about it, of course. And she waits. And gets an ice cream or something. Yeah, I liked that part a lot. Just casually leaning against uh, the light pole, 
licking an ice cream cone. And she says it's been five minutes and I'm just obsessed with the idea that in five minutes she got bored, went, found ice cream, came back and has been waiting for some amount of time. But uh, Constantine has her next hit. Yeah. He gives her a photo in a newspaper, very old timey spy. And yes. she opens it up and it's of course Eve Pilastri. Mm-hmm. And Villanelle reacts pretty intensely to this yeah this was not something she expected um i did like though however when before constantine gave her the hit she just disposed of the whole cone (laughs) she had eaten it was like she had eaten the ice cream that was not touching the cone part Mm -hmm. and then had reached the cone and then discarded the cone so i guess anything within the cone was not something she enjoys or she doesn't like cone i mean i i Look, as someone who loves food, I've tried to understand Villanelle's sort of foodie yeah. level, and it yeah. just, it makes no sense. There are no like, rules. Yeah. It's total anarchy. No. I feel like I'm also paying attention to the wrong things. I'm like, she just threw away a whole ice cream cone. No, I would love for that to come back <laughs> in a huge way right? later. There was a bomb in the, the cone. cone. Uh, she um, But yeah. yeah, she's really upset that it's yeah. me, and she thinks, she says. She Is says, this a joke? Yeah. yeah. She thinks. She's kind of being fucked with. Yeah, exactly. And he he gives some hard truths to her. We saw Eve be sort of like put in her place. And now yeah. we're seeing Villanelle be put in her place. He says uh, basically like, you need to kill her. Yeah. She's uh, making you, you weak. weak and yeah. you know that. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. What a thing to say to a dangerous psychopath. Absolutely. Uh, very intense. She's not into it. No. And then we cut to Eve being offended at Hugo <laughs> that that was the photo he chose to, like, commission this fake hit. Yeah. Uh, because it's not a flattering picture of her. No, it's very much like when you go to your corner grocery store because you need a new photo for your passport. And then yes. you get it back and you're like, great, I have this for 10 years. It's, and, it's that kind of photo. And it's such a case of the pictures we pick to frame and put as our profile photos yeah. versus the pictures you're tagged in on social media oh, for sure. that you're like, like i don't look like yeah that. it's very much like an instagram reality situation yes, very yeah. much uh and it's a funny just sort of like quick moment yeah and then uh we have this guy come in who is doing ostensibly a very boring presentation Bad presentation about psychopaths to the yeah. mi6 team and he's very funny. I don't yeah. think I know this actor, but he seemed so familiar and he yeah. was so good at sort of being this guy. This It's the most relatable thing in the world. If yeah. you've ever had a job or gone to a school. Like, yes, you it's very much your school that, speaker like, presentation. Yeah, droning on presenter who's so boring and has like dumb jokes in the presentation yeah. that don't land. Yeah. Uh, and he's going through sort of talking about psychopaths and everyone's a little bored and then he flips to this really graphic violent uh photo from a crime scene allegedly uh and then keeps going and goes to like shows villanelle and is basically talking about psychopaths in general and the whole presentation made me laugh a lot because it just felt like this conversation around psychopath versus sociopath is one Mm. that comes up so often in the true crime world yes because it's very easy to be like well that person obviously has some sort of chemical imbalance or is a bit strange yeah but the differences between those two are very significant Mm -hmm. and it, it feels just like a boring school presentation and in the moment i thought like oh this is a weird choice to kind of lighten the mood and then as we'll see in a bit it's it's a little more than that yeah um 
But Villanelle, meanwhile, has resigned herself to she has to kill Eve and this is her life. Yeah. And we see her ordering room service dressed in all black in very drab, not exciting black. No, and it was like a button-down shirt yes. and like a very long, demure skirt. Yes. You know, it's very much like, oh, first day after you found out someone has died, it's like, what do I have that's black? Yes. You know, re- what do I have right now? Yes. It's not my little black dress. And yeah. the room service <laughs> guy Aww. asks if he can do anything else. And then we see her head in his lap while he's petting her hair. And yes. she barks for him to be softer. softer. <laughs> and it's just so funny. And she says, I'm in mourning. And he's so caught off guard. That actor did a great job too. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what to yeah, do Yeah, capture the awkwardness of what is being asked of him yes, in absolutely. this moment. Yeah. Uh, very like sort of Michael Sarah. Yes. I don't know how to say <laughs> yeah. no to this, but I don't really want to be doing it. For sure. And then we go to Nico and Eve, everyone's most contentious couple. Uh, And Nico tells Eve that he's going to Oxford overnight to chaperone for another school, a trip to Oxford, uh, because some teacher fell out or something. For a spelling bee. He mentions it's a spelling bee. So there's a lot of... uh... There's a lot of components to this that yes. make it seem absolutely like a lie. <laughs> yes, and considering we know he has this um, colleague who is incredibly interested yes, in him yeah. and things are not good at home. It- and she's been chatted up to have more confidence at this point because as we recall, Villanelle posed as, I'm not even sure what she was trying to pose as. Like, I would assume if it were another teacher, you probably touched on this. Yeah, she I mean. She not recognize her, but I guess someone just there for the staff i don't know someone wearing a real ornate head scarf and dishing out hard truths about relationships uh but yeah we it it feels like this is a lie i'm telling you to go have an affair exactly Uh, or to start an affair you know or to go to dinner with this woman that i shouldn't be going or to to go on this trip to oxford with this woman Woman, yeah i mean truly the jealous wife and me would immediately ask like oh who are the other teachers going with you Uh, but, uh, Eve quickly, she kind of flags it as being weird and then quickly is like, oh no, 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 actually that's good. Yeah. I'm now remembering I've ordered a fake hit on myself, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then we have the psychopath expert. We see him and he is reporting to Carolyn because he obviously, whether or not he does have expertise in psychopathy, that's not what he was there to do. He was there to test Eve. Yeah, engage her reaction. Yes, especially to that quote-unquote accidental uh, crime scene photo. Yeah. And Carolyn seems pleased with sort of the reaction and that Eve was interested by that. And then we are back with Eve at home Mm -hmm. and she gets a... She go. She's she's just been with Nico, who ordered Indian food. They've had this yeah. whole weird exchange about his field trip. Yeah, and there's another ring at the door. Also, the Indian food did make me extremely hungry. And <laughs> that's like all I can think about. Uh, but there's a a doorbell ring. She goes to the front, and there is this massive bouquet yeah. of white roses spelling out her name. Yes, very much like a funerary kind yes. of like. Our yeah. white roses are for death, right? Grief, isn't it? Are they? Is it like chrysanthemums? I truly shouldn't have brought this up. I feel like white roses are not. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. If any florists are listening, please give us the breakdown. I associate them with like death, which Mm. seems weird. Anyway. Because I feel like if you're spelling out words, you need like a, a firm flower. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I feel like there are only a few choices. And they were. it, It is like a beautiful. Yeah. 
three kind of bouquets spelling out Eve. And she goes back inside and she's obviously titillated. And she's so turned on that she goes to Nico and propositions him immediately. It's interesting you saw it that way because I didn't see it that way. How did you see it? I saw her behavior like, oh, she's here. And I think I took this as a moment of her being like, Villanelle could be successful before I get a chance to execute Mm. my plan. And she's still, I love my husband. And you know what? Let's, we may not have this chance again because she may succeed. Oh, that's That's the way I saw it. That's so funny. I read it so differently. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's why it's so good to have more than one person talking about this. Different points of view. Absolutely. Uh, It's so interesting. It's like, yeah, it could be. Because I didn't. Yeah, she could have been super excited in that way. I saw it as more like a, oh, this, you know, the reality of what she brought on is. Yeah. Well, then we have a quick scene with Constantine and Villanelle going into Mm. a a fakey antique type shop that, again, I know I mentioned John Wick last week on the podcast. <laughs> I'm not a huge John Wick like super fan, but it did feel very much like that sort of like, here's an obvious assassin shop to go yeah. buy assassin things. I'm a creepy owner with a dog bringing you to a back room. That's and the real auction? store. It was a doctrine. He was just holding this dog. Yeah, it, it was a bit much. Uh, and then we have a, a series of scenes with Eve at MI6. Mm-hmm. And I thought the structuring of this was very interesting because so often in the show, we're just cutting between sort of Eve POV, uh, then, oh my gosh, I forgot Villanelle's name. Oh. I'm banned from this podcast. Then Villanelle's POV. Yeah. And we just sort of go back and forth, back and forth. Yes. And then we're on Eve for quite a while at this point. Yeah. So we have Carolyn and Eve having this very weird power struggle kind of conversation where Eve is basically thinking about all the things that Jess brought up and sort of subtly voicing them to Carolyn, asking, do you have my back? But do you actually have yeah. on the books for yeah. the law? Do you have my yes, back? Yes, yeah. It's one thing to say, I support you, but if push comes to shove, am yeah. I going to be like so Is she screwed? sold out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they bring up the spelling bee because this is where we find out that it was actually Carolyn's doing. Absolutely. Because she is a former spelling spelling bee bee champion, champion, which of course she is. Yeah. That is just so bang on for this character. Right. And Uh, with the word, I was wondering if there's any symbolism to this because the word was Sisyphan, right? Right. Which is like Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Um, Which one was he? Was he the liver? So Sisyphus is the one who rolls the... The rock the, every day. All, okay. Up and down yeah. can never succeed. Yes, okay. So it feels vaguely like, yeah, yeah we get it. Yeah. Even Villanelle are just chasing each other forever. Yeah. But maybe there's even more Maybe there's there. more to it. Yeah, I was just wondering. Because I was confusing him with uh, Prometheus is what it seems now. Mm. So I'm like, oh, maybe that's right in reference to like the stabbing in some way and to, you know... You're overthinking I, I know, absolutely. You're <laughs> analyzing <laughs> this at such a deep level. Yeah. Uh, Wrong guy as it turns out so it doesn't even writers matter. if you want to write some more myth <laughs> yeah. into your piece we Absolutely. have pitches yeah. uh so then we kind of move on from that mm-hmm. and she is getting fitted for or not fitted she's getting a, a bulletproof vest yes. put on her yeah and her and hugo are having kind of this weird flirty talk he's yeah. too physically close to her yeah and they're kind of uh, their relationship is a very odd one this season yeah, I I don't I don't know. I question. I'm trying to like distill mm-hmm. my thoughts, but it's like 
he, I don't think he, he's been written to have, I'm not sure why he's on the team is what, mm-hmm. is what I'm kind of getting at, you know? Interesting. Because it's, it's very, yeah. Yeah, we know he obviously comes from privilege and yeah. a bougie kind of Ivy League education, but yeah. why is he there? What value does he really I'm bring? not sure if it's something that might be revealed later that he has actually very good connections, yes. and that's why Carolyn He's Carolyn's other son. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> what a twist. Uh-huh. Uh, oh yeah, my gosh, and, be... and just, because they had that almost kiss. You know, and I, yes. I'm like, I wonder if like he's just continually assuming familiarity now. Yes, and, and she's she doesn't Eve is not in that place right now at all. No. She's very much like I think in a way, just again another reminder that this is a real thing she did to herself. You know, like letting that reality sink in. Yes, she is the one who came up with this yeah. idea and is enacting it. And so then we go from this weird kind of uncomfortable Hugo mm-hmm. exchange. To a very intense Kenny confrontation. Yeah. So we've seen a little small shades of this mm-hmm. uh, earlier with Kenny kind of calling Eve out. Yeah. Um, they were on the same team, Eve and Kenny yeah. and Elena and Bill. Yes. They were all sort of fighting for justice together. Yeah. And now there's no Bill, and now there's no Elena, and it's just the two of them. And Eve is making a lot of very questionable calls. Very rash. Very emotionally driven. Yes. Decisions. And yeah. Has entrusted Kenny as the only person she has told about the stabbing the only person yeah unless there are scenes with her therapist we're just not seeing (laughs) or something it's very intense and he's been entrusted with that and he knows he can clock that eve is not the same no and he calls her out on it and he asks her again what has happened to you yeah and she gets really offended because he's calling her out on this stuff and no one else is and she it ends with her sacking aka firing that's right i know british words yeah <laughs> uh, firing him and basically saying your mom will find somewhere else for you and he oh my caroline the hurt <laughs> yeah in oh, his that was eyes a, oh, yeah because he is mad and he is confronting her yeah but he's not saying i want off the team he's not no. saying he's saying i care about you that's the thing and it's I very much to be, yeah i want you to be safe right it's very much from a position of looking out for her <laughs> yeah. when others are just willing to dangle her mm-hmm. to, to use her. yeah exactly yeah absolutely and it's it's a really harsh moment and she basically says you're fired and then yeah. walks off and says hugo wait up yeah oh the wait ups it's terrible it's really sad and i'm so curious to see where that goes also does she have that authority no because he's the boss's daughter or the son <laughs> no, like, i mean in all movies yeah like, anyway it's, yeah it's, it's so true <laughs> yeah. uh ah uh, gender flips uh yeah he's the boss's son and, like and uh, Eva's- barely even hired at this point right? she's and sort it's, of it's, on as a fake consultant for this maybe fake case and it's already been brought up that she's not being recorded properly so <laughs> it's, it's just she's like she's not even filling out paperwork no so it's is kind she of getting like, paid has she even been checking is she her she's just assuming she's gonna get some direct deposits yeah. later on retroactively also there seems to be a lot of money in like butcher's paper so i feel like she's <laughs> she gets some of those every now and again she just opens up her her front door and, and she's got like a, a pile of cash yeah. maybe i need to get into that line of work <laughs> i don't know uh i'd be terrible but it is it is just a very intense sort of series of eve with one person eve with another yeah. person 
And then we flip very quickly to Villanelle, yeah. who is primping and yeah. dressing up. And we see her in this sort of ornate uh, robe. Again, kind of, yeah. yes. And it, again, wearing all black, but she's yeah. putting on fancy black. And she's got a yeah. little veil yeah. and red lips. And then we see Eve. So Eve now has this oh, bulletproof vest yeah. on with a shirt. Carol, okay. Can we talk about this? This feels... <laughs> also... If the weather is such that you need a jacket, yes, yes. a sweater, uh, put a, on a put on a friggin' hoodie. I mean, just something or like uh, she wore a fitted button down. Yes, it makes no sense. <laughs> if you know you're gonna try to hide a bulletproof vest, I don't know what poncho of yeah. some kind, something drapey. Yeah, she's got this weird fitted shirt that is not even buttoned up to the top, so you can clearly tell yeah. there's a bulletproof vest underneath. And then she has her trench over. Yeah, and we see her going down into the tube. <laughs> Another British word I know. Very good. Uh, for all of you Americans and <laughs> everywhere else in the world who may not know what that is, a subway. Yeah. And she is, she's hot and she's agitated. Yeah. And she's sort of trying to take off her jacket and she's upset. Yeah. And a white man walks by her and bumps into her. Yes. And keeps going, does not notice. He's nonplussed. And she is not okay with it no something like snaps we see we, yeah. we see it in sandra yeah. oh like we just see this moment where she's like yeah this fucking guy and yeah. everyone this guy represents thinks they can push me around yeah and doesn't even have to see me and she walks over and walks behind him and puts her hands right up to his back very similar to how villanelle had her hands up behind mm-hmm. eve at yes. the school and she looks Truly, seconds away from pushing this guy on right? the track. Absolutely. To the degree that I thought, is no one else seeing this? Like, I, it almost feels like if someone had side-eyed, would have shouted or screamed. For sure. Like, Don't do that. It's a really intense moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And just the continually uh, flashing to like the tunnel to see where the train is, where the train is. And, you know... Oh, they did this moment so well. I thought it was and just, shot and directed really effectively. So well. And honestly, I, there were, I was not sure if she was going to do it or not. Mm-hmm. I was not I sure. I felt the I was, same. Yeah. I was like 60% sure she wouldn't, but the 40% yeah. of me was like, well, I don't know. Sandra O oh honestly had that same look, like just that look where she's like, I can do this. Yeah. And because we've had that whole psychopath presentation yeah. and this whole season, as you said, we're sort of starting to see more of Eve and her turn and yeah. maybe her psychopathic tendencies. Yeah. She is incredibly selfish. She is uh, willing to take risks that yeah. maybe she shouldn't. It feels not that implausible that some like something could happen in yeah, this world. Absolutely. That she would take it too far yes. in an instance. Yeah. Absolutely. But it doesn't. No. The train comes. The guy no- kind of notices her hovering and she quickly apologizes. Yeah. And she gets home and takes off the vest and is in just like a tank top and her cute cute high-waisted pants mm-hmm. and the doorbell rings and she just runs downstairs and I think both you and I at the same time yeah. were like no what are you doing because I mean of course it's so Eve to be that reckless but yeah. again keep your vest on throw on a hoodie a robe yeah. a drapey yeah, pajama shirt it would make sense Ugh. but then it's like why be fitted for the vest in the for, I, I, uh, from the beginning, it seems like she didn't want the vest. Yes. I you know? kind of got the impression she was just going through the motions. Yeah. So people at her work wouldn't call her out. Yeah. 
which seems like a lot of what she's doing right now, sort of fake covering for her behavior. Uh, of course, at the door is Villanelle. Yeah. Who else? Dressed in truly very this- Very mode. This, very Parisian. This, very fashion. Oh, it is fashion, fashion, fashion. It, yes. Again, it's all black. Yes. But it is like a floor length type gown. Yes. This, like very wide skirt. Very- Like uh, gauzy. Gauzy, and, lacy, yeah. frilly top. Ethereal kind of vibe. Yes. Despite, like a Rodarte. I, it felt very like Rodarte, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're such a good person on this show. I forgot you know clothes. I've been saying, I've been trying to, I've been trying to. I've been saying I should yeah. get a costume designer on the show forever, but I don't know if you'll plug it later. Caroline has a, a pretty good thrift fashion Instagram. I have not posted since November 2018. You can so. go back. It's yeah. archived. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she she looks great. Villanelle yeah, is. Gorgeous. She has been waiting for this moment and she is so excited to see Eve. And it's a little yeah. unclear. I don't know what your thoughts are on this. It's a little unclear if she's going to kill Eve or not, if that's actually her plan. Like, that's what she's supposed to do. Yeah. But she, she, the way they interact, of course, they haven't seen each other since the stabbing. Mm -hmm. It's very sexually charged. Yeah. It's very intense. Yes. It's a little scary. But they have a lot of back and forth. And we're not just going to regurgitate the whole scene because I feel that I could. Uh, But hopefully you've watched it, listeners. Please watch the episodes before listening in case (laughs) anyone does not do that in this order. Um, But it's she Villanelle opens a bottle of champagne Mm -hmm. and puts Eve's phone in it and asks if she's scared. And Eve says no. And Villanelle says, you could have killed me. Yeah. Which is a very true statement and something that neither of them have really been able to acknowledge to each other. Yeah. Since they haven't had the opportunity, though. No. I mean, it's really been ever since they've pretty much gone their separate ways. Absolutely. You know, at the top. And uh, Eve says, I know I think about that all the time. Do you think about it? And Villanelle says, yes, I do think about it all the time. Yeah. Mirroring that episode with the stabbing where mm-hmm. they talk about thinking about each other. Yes. Uh, and that had much sexier connotations. And now it's like our mutual obsession has now gone into this cool place where we think about murdering each other all the time. What an escalation. Yeah. Uh, and Villanelle is so flattered when she finds out Eve is the one who ordered the hit on herself. The way Jodie Comer <laughs> just gets this, like, pleased as punch, delighted face, kind of realizing. And she's trying not to show it. Yeah. But it's, she's like, oh, this bitch wanted to see me so bad. Yeah. She ordered a fake hit on herself. You can just see. And there's a relief in it, too. There's yes. a relief that, oh, I think she's so amazing in this role. I gotta say, oh. just. I was unbelievable. I'm just blown away. She truly watching her for me as an actor. I just think, well, I'll never do that. So I'm not even threatened because I I can't even imagine performing in a role like this. But she, she just is, she just plays it perfectly. Yeah. She's not overselling it. No. And Villanelle makes Eve, take pills basically yes. she she pushes pills over because I, yeah eve calls her out and is like i know you're not gonna hurt me i'm not yeah. afraid of you i know you'd never kill me and villanelle says oh you don't you don't think so and pushes this weird little bottle over yeah. three pills come out she hands over the champagne bottle and says you know to wash it down with or whatever for the taste yeah 
and Eve very defiantly staring her in the eye, pill after pill after yes. pill swallows them all. And then we have this very weird sort of, I mean, cat and mouse is used a lot in this in the show, very but this episode much, yeah. is so cat and mouse yeah. where Villanelle's like, oh no, no, what did you do? That's arsenic, you're going to die. Yeah. Quick, quick, quick. And so Eve runs to the sink and is trying to make herself throw up and then Villanelle's just at the table cackling. Yes. He's saying, it's not arsenic. <laughs> like, you yeah. idiot, of course I didn't kill you. Which is so funny to think that a murdering psychopath assassin could quote unquote think she's pulling a prank on someone. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course, that could be arsenic. It wouldn't be unreasonable no. to imagine that is. But in her head, she thinks, oh, of course not. There's a lot of things here because it's like, I don't know if Villanelle would have done it. Would have killed I, Yeah, I don't think she would have. In this moment. And also, a lot of her murders, a lot of her kills seem to be very physical. Like, there's always mm. a very, like, she has to get into it in a way that I don't think a pill no. like that was the ghost demo like yes. medication that kind of thing well Whereas... it definitely doesn't feel intimate enough especially for these two and their no. relationship I mean uh, yeah. yeah we could talk about that forever but yeah. it, it is a really interesting sort of exchange and sort of calling each other out and playing chicken a bit with yeah mm, are we safe together? Aren't we? We have this palpable connection. Both of us realize and yeah. sort of admitted we're both not really sure if the other one's safe because the other one isn't fully safe. And it's a thing where it's like uh, going back to the presentation where um, Eve mentions like, but you can manipulate them in the short term. Mm-hmm. And like I, you fully see Eve trying to do that here. Like she touches the side of her face and yes. asks her if she thinks about it. But, like, I don't think she realizes how manipulated she is being at the time also by Villanelle. And, the you know? It, the levels so, yeah. of sort of manipulation versus yeah. authenticity versus being vulnerable and yeah. vulnerability. They're very, they're sort of, they feel amorphous. They feel like they're always right? changing. Exactly. And it's yeah. really hard to keep track as a viewer yeah. of what's actually happening it's and like, i am yeah you'll go ahead oh, i was gonna say it's like trying to pull individual sounds out of like a noisecape or something you know trying to determine what's when and where totally and it's, yeah. it's as if these two characters don't even quite know yeah they're on really uneven footing yeah so eve says i'm the one who ordered the hit blah blah, yeah. blah. i need your help i need your help yeah they have this whole exchange and then they leave the house and they enter a car. Eve leaves the door open. It's a very awkward, flirty kind of leaving the house. It's weird. The significance yeah. of the door. What is that? I, I don't know. But also before that, doesn't e- uh, Villanelle put a knife to her? And is yes. like, you'll give the, me everything you everything I want. I want? Yep. Like, and I, I assume they talk about the conditions of that. And that's why Eve is rattled on the way out of her house. And maybe it's even just a subconscious way of like, I have nothing else to lose. Yes. Do I need to? What does it matter if this door is locked or unlocked? Yeah. Everything that matters will be gone in the next few moments anyway. Yes. I thought it was very funny for Villanelle to point that out. Yeah. As if locking your door matters. Uh, An assassin was uh, just in my kitchen. I don't think I'm going to be pickpocketed if I leave my front door open. Uh, but they get in a car yes. and they drive away. And then we see, okay, killing me. <laughs> then we see across the street, Constantine and Carolyn just sitting in a car together. I'm not surprised. <gasps> I was waiting for this to come back. 
I knew their association had not ended. I mean, of course. Yeah. I shouldn't be surprised. But what? What's happening? So She has been reamed out by her boss for losing this asset, quote unquote asset. Yeah. Are they the 12? Are the two of them the 12 alone? That's the thing. This is what I'm thinking about, at least in regards to the 12. I don't think, because the way we're kind of put to understand the 12 is like these people trying to like gain control and kill a bunch of people and do this that and the other thing but i don't i think just in thinking of it that way we're assigning them they're the bad guys Mm -hmm. but it's like i don't think it's like that i think it's a lot more moderate i think they're just trying to even things out they're trying to gain opportunities but they're trying to maintain some sort of status quo as well so i think they're trying to achieve some sort of balance that they think is a neutral yeah, you know? I, there was a lot of talk in our Facebook group actually about Ooh. the 12 and about Carolyn recently yeah. and sort of the shades of gray. Mm. And I mean, in this show, more so than so many others, I don't think it's very cut and dry. Well, these are the good guys no. and these are the bad guys and they're going to fight each other. No. Everyone has their own personal demons they're struggling with yeah. and, you know, the ethics and the morals and the legalities yeah. are all over the map. But yeah, I, I mean... Look, do I forever stand Constantine and Carolyn? Yes. <laughs> do I want them to be in a Nora Ephron movie together? Yes. But as a viewer, I'm yeah. just so confused and I just want to know what's going on. Same, because she know ah, uh, just what? Because then it's like, uh, are they just two sides of the same coin? They're the same person. They're the same person. It's like, a real supernatural twist. Yeah. Uh, like they have the they have the same ultimate objective but they're approaching it in different ways you know like is that could that i'm very lost on how connected they are because we have seen scenes of the two of them together alone yes such as right before constantine leaves escape yeah and they're having that dinner and they're kind of or meal and they're joking and she's sort of talking about all of her ex-husbands and referring to them and the way that they're conversing feels like they haven't been in close contact in a long yeah. time. Because she's sort of filling him in on these things that it feels like if you were running a secret organization together, you'd probably know. Yeah. But I don't know. It, that's the show. Or it's just maybe they haven't had a chance to talk about personal things. Like maybe they were in it's close all contact, business. but it worked, right? I don't know. I can't imagine that because I want to tell everyone I work with everything that's <laughs> happening. I'm just such ch- chatter. Uh, shout out to everyone who's ever had to work with me. Uh, that's why I write. It's accepted. But yeah, it it, it is fascinating. And it's yeah. so brief and it's literally just, it, it feels like the writer's just dangling something in front of us saying, ha ha, here's yeah. a little hint. Uh, and then we move on. Yeah. And then we see the ghost being brought into the middle of the woods the Forest of Dean. Oh, yes. And this super high-tech but barren yeah. shipping container. Yes. So it has, like, lights that light up. Yeah. Uh, and she's cha- she's handcuffed and she's put at the very end of this very empty container. Yes. It's very scary. And Eve brings Villanelle shortly after 
to there and then again tells her to wait outside, which is so funny. And in an episode that I felt like was very light on the jokes, it Mm -hmm. wasn't as hilarious as some of the episodes are. It was such a welcome callback to the beginning and Constantine leaving her outside. And you hear Villanelle just sort of groaning. Yeah, up to the up to the sky. Yeah, to the heavens. Like, ugh, why am I being left outside places so much? And Eve basically goes in to try to get the ghost to confess without Villanelle. Yes. Like, Villanelle is the last resort. If we don't need her, we won't use her. Yes. And, of course, she can't. No. uh, Because everyone has already tried to. And so Villanelle goes in to interrogate her. And Villanelle feels so high status in this scene. Yeah. She just feels like she's running the show, even though there are two armed guards. There's Eve. There's obviously the people who have driven them. Yeah. And she's just kind of like... Hey, you want to come in? You want to watch You want to watch? Yeah. And Eve doesn't even respond. She just sort of like stares blankly yeah. at her. And Villanelle is in there for how long do you think this was? Two I, minutes? One minute? I got the impression it's supposed to be a while. Oh my gosh. I got the impression it was like no time flat, but they leave it very open to interpretation. Yeah. And she did get a lot of information out of her. So yeah. she comes out and she says... Uh, because they're trying to figure out who ordered the hit on Alistair yeah. Peel. And everyone else associated with his organization. Yes. Yeah, who's do who wanted this done? Yes. And so Villanelle comes out very nonchalantly, is like, it's the sun, it's always yeah. the sun, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And uh Eve is confused and she says, But he already has the company. Yeah. And Villanelle's like, it's about a weapon. And Eve's so kind of caught off guard. It's like, it's always a weapon. Yeah. And Villanelle is just so it like she doesn't care about this information at all no she doesn't care about anything that's happening and she says to eve like i helped you a thank you would be nice like she is still fully playing the game yeah and eve is now because she has used villanelle sort of as an asset for information yeah eve is sort of back in her crime brain where she's now like the wheels are turning and she's working and she's thinking she's not in the moment present with villanelle No. And it's a very interesting uh, dynamic to see the two of them in. Because we have only seen them together in these like heightened, emotional, very connected contexts. Yeah. And this really changes things. Yeah. Because this is, I, yeah, again, as you said, this is the first time we see like Eve back away from the immediacy of the situation. Absolutely. And try and figure it out, you know? Yes. And so Villanelle sort of saunters off into the woods in her black finery and Eve goes back into the shipping container to kind of check if the ghost is alive, what's happening. Yeah, to see what she had done. And she goes and she, the ghost has tears down her face and she's very despondent and the ghost is, she, she just says, monster. Oh. Which, like, what happened in Right? There? What did she do? Are we ever going to learn anything or anything about their, the ghost and Villanelle's relationship? That's the thing. This is the thing. I feel like we may never see the ghost again because we have that information. I kind of wish we had more ghosts because I feel like she was found out pretty quick. Once she was using chemicals to kill people, oh, she must be a doctor. <laughs> like, I feel like there, there was, it was very quick. And I thought, you know, it might have been very interesting to see Especially Villanelle, when, you know, like, we only saw her a bit up against another assassin, Absolutely. you know? I, I mean, I, who knows? We only have, what, three more episodes yeah. after this one? What? Uh, I hope we see a lot more of the ghosts, because similarly, Same. I want to know, and, like, I'm fine with it 
you know, the writers keeping the ghost sort of a quiet, secretive character. Yeah. But we deserve to see. I, know, I wanted to know. see more of like Villanelle going to that desperation to get Eve's attention. And, you know, but I, I'm sure there's a bigger arc that I'm like, they got to get it done and out. I mean. Also, her sons. Yes. 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 Like, but also it, it begs the question, what does Villanelle know about her? Well, what in you know? whatever time span was yeah. she able to go in and extract this information that no one else has been able to? Because also, it's not like the sun is reaching out directly to the ghost. Who's that intermediary? Is it also Constantine? Is it Carolyn? Is it the like, 12th? Who are, yeah. Yeah, who's that intermediary? Right, because Villanelle it, um, also says that everyone wants the weapon, including the, the 12. 12. Yeah. What? Yeah. What weapon? What's happening? Right? And then she knew about this weapon. So then the other, the next scene, yeah. the the last scene of the episode is another huge bombshell twist. Oh which, my gosh. So we have this whole ghost thing and it feels yeah. like, okay, whew, intense. And we know Alistair Peel's son, yes. baddie, great. And then we get a Nico and Villanelle's in Oxford during a spelling Ooh. bee. <laughs> so okay so i obviously uh see a lot of killing eve stuff yeah. prior to episodes so i saw this outfit very early on mm. and i know that twitter in particular was a buzz yeah uh jody comer you look great as per usual truly looking like you're playing like cosplay of an english professor yeah or something. Or like a diane keaton kind of yeah, aesthetic very Annie like, Hall. yeah oh if only she had like that bolo hat on <laughs> um but Villanelle has tracked down Nico in Oxford and mm. approaches him. And first thing she says in her own voice, she's yeah. not doing an accent. She's not doing a character. No. She's dressed strange. Yeah. But she says, I'm sorry about the calls. Mm. And it kind of takes him a second. And the stranger, this young woman is talking to me. And then it's like, he gets it. And she says, I just wanted Eve's attention. Yeah. But it turns out she doesn't even really care about you. Blah, blah. She's yeah. just tease tease teasing him and trying to antagonize him yeah. and it works and he says he starts walking away and he's like i gotta get away from the kids yeah i'm protecting these spelling bee champions yeah and they have caroline like <laughs> the most interesting exchange where villanelle is all bravado yeah and she is basically just throwing in his face like Oh, me and Eve are cool now. Don't yeah. worry about it. Oh, I'm so happy to meet you. And she says, we like, are colleagues now. Or more than that. Like, she says oh. more than that. Like, to really. Yep. Yeah. And he is so upset. Yeah. And he, like, chokes her a little bit. Yeah. And she's, she's like, mildly amused by that. Yeah. Like, oh, look at this guy sort of fighting back yeah. from a girlfriend. Yeah. And she tells him basically the truth about most of what's happened yeah she tells him about the stabbing yes and the sequence of events that led to the stabbing shows him the stab wound she is basically using the truth as her weapon yeah in a really effective way because of course eve has not told him any of this no and it is a really really compelling intriguing scene yeah to watch this exchange between these two characters and then that's the end of yes. the episode. Yeah, they both, she just walks away. Yeah. She just walks away leaving him there staring after her. Like leaving to, him yeah. wanting more and yeah. leaving us certainly wanting oh more. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh. 
What a what an effective way to just keep us coming back right? for more. And that was episode five. Crazy. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. Segment yeah. time. I feel like we talked for 12 hours because <laughs> so much happened, especially right? towards the end of that and episode. it's like, it's really, we're seeing different sides of all these characters. And a kind of, we're kind of seeing the true people emerge in a way that we yes. haven't before. So, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, so let's start with... Oh, uh, smell you later. Oh, smell you later. That's where it comes in. Yes, so at she the end, says it to yeah. him. The titular line yeah. is like one of the very last things we hear in this yeah. whole episode. Yeah. Uh, so let's move to top line. Uh, this episode, I think we mentioned, it didn't feel quite as funny as a lot of the episodes. Uh, but there were still some some gems of lines Absolutely. for sure. Uh, did anything stick out to you in particular? Oh, when uh, Villanelle describes Nico as a uh, mustache in some fudge. Oh, on some fudge. I yeah. know. I died laughing. Oh. And I feel like... I mean, I know that wasn't just for fan service, but I feel like majority of the Killing Me <laughs> fans were like, yes, poetry snaps, slam poetry. Uh, I certainly hooted and hollered. Yeah. Uh, that was great. I loved when Villanelle shows up at Eve's house dressed in all of her finery and Eve just looks at her and says, can I take your veil? <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was very entertaining. Oh. Uh, what else? Oh, when uh, the Eves tries to interrogate the ghost, and she's like, "Oh, do you know Oksana? Do you know Villanelle?" And she's like, "Are asking about other agents." She's like, "Yeah, we have a book club." Just <laughs> so good, so yeah. good to even when you are trapped and you're in MI6 and yeah. they will kill and or torture you, yeah. you're still like, "I'm gonna snap back yeah. about mm, yeah. our group of assassins." Out, yeah. yeah, nothing out of me. Uh, I mean, Constance. Constantine's line about needing to kill Eve, you need to kill her, yeah. she's making you weak. That was not funny, but it was a really strong yeah, There was a lot line. of real talk, a lot of strong real talk just overall in this episode. Both, so, yeah. To both of our leads, yeah. to Eve and to Villanelle. It was so interesting to see both yeah. of sort of their communities trying to like reason with them and level yeah. with them. Yeah. That, that's all I had. Did you have any other lines? I think that's all I had. Too. Oh, I also did love the, uh, you're just going to le- like leave me tied up like a dog. Yeah. That was a pretty great. Okay, then that brings us to Top Kill. So there was only one there kill was in this episode, one. right? Yeah. And I will say, I mean, it was right off the bat, but it was such a classic Villanelle hit. Yeah. To see her... Just so joyfully murdering this guy and in a flashy, fun, car washy yeah. way was like, okay, this is this is the assassin we've grown to know and love. Yeah. This and that's fully like how she wants to do it too. You know, like very it's very physical and it's very it's very public. Like it's and it, what if there was another car wanting to get washed, you know? Oh my gosh. I like, I mean it's it made, truly made me think, like, she's kind of fearless. Yeah. She doesn't give a fuck. She's just going to do whatever yeah. tickles her fancy, especially now that it's just her and Constantine out as freelancers. They have even less people to sort of answer to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it. I mean, it's interesting. I feel like we've had a lot of low kill count episodes in this season, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if it's going to ramp up at some point. Yeah. Because at certain points last season, we were getting multiple yeah. significant kills yeah. per episode. Uh, 
or we were getting kills like the hospital kill where yes. all of these people are slaughtered. <sighs> that one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Very effective. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to a top ship. So Caroline, do you know what it means? A two ship characters, people. I do indeed. Uh, do you want to give your brief uh, summary of it? Um, it's two characters that are not necessarily together. They could be, but you want them to get together. So who is your top ship of this app? This is a, this feels like a really hard episode. For yeah, because I don't. You go first. Cause, okay. Oh, yeah. It's funny because I went into this assuming it would be even Villanelle. I yeah. knew we were going to see them together. I knew it was so highly anticipated yeah. and exciting. But the way they interacted in this episode felt very weird to me and kind of off. I don't know. Mm. I don't know how to articulate it fully. And I came away, and of course, like, yes, villainy forever, yeah. or evil, as someone in the ah! Facebook group said this week, and I was so sad I didn't come up with oh that. Oh my gosh. It's brilliant. Uh, whatever couple name you want to give oh, yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, love them, have fantasies about them, great. But for this episode, I, I don't know, I felt like we had, instead of having a lot of great couples or pairings or friendships, yeah. I felt like we had a lot of classic pairings that we love fighting or in yeah. sort of antagonistic places yeah. you know we have villanelle and constantine sort of bickering and him yeah. trying to get her to kill eve we have kenny confronting yeah. eve it just it just made me so sad i just want everyone to get along so i don't know i don't know don't know my answer for this one yeah i know this one's really hard and you know what i'm gonna say uh charles and uh john draper that's what i'm gonna say charles and donnie d yeah i'm gonna say that that's a that's a caroline otp for me that was the exact right answer (laughs) you have no idea how correct you were uh that's great if you uh listeners have uh, a different idea of what the top ship is please let us know if it is just even villanelle and i'm missing it Maybe you're right. I, I don't just know. feel like neither of them could fully shake what they had heard previously for that to be. It just it just yeah. didn't feel right in this episode, I'll say. I want more for them. I want more for them. That brings us, of course, to the next segment of the show, which is Eve Mail. Eve Mail. Uh, if you want to send in your Eve Mails to the show, you can write us at spillingeve at gmail.com. You can send DMs to any of our social medias at spillingeve. We got so many emails this week. I'm so grateful to everyone who's been sending them in. We can't read them all, of course, uh, but we have a great selection and we're going to start. Awesome. I'm so excited. Me too. Okay. So our first Eve mail is from a fan named Jordan. And Jordan says, hi, Spilling Eve. What do you think Villanelle did or said to the ghost? She seemed pretty spooked after their encounter. Thanks. Mm. Great question. Yes. I mean, it feels like Villanelle had something on the ghost, like yeah. dirt, went in and said a word or a thing, yeah. and the ghost was just going to give it up no matter what. But the ghost, I would say even more so than spooked, was crying, Yeah, was hurt, was emotionally affected when we've only seen this woman be stoic and yeah. still and rock hard. I don't know. Do you have any ideas or guesses? I kind of feel like it had to involve her children. Right? You feel I feel like, like that's her weakness. Yeah, because I feel like when she was with MI6, 
she had a safety in knowing, oh, they're not going to do anything to my kids, you know? Yeah. But whereas Villanelle, like, she just operates, they call her the demon with no face. Like, she just operates however she wants. She's yeah. not, nothing's off limits. kill a child. <laughs> so, you know, so I think the threat is that she knows enough to, if she wanted to dispose of those children, she could. That yeah. is my thought. It had to involve her family in some way. Because it seems such a peculiar choice, too. Because if you're an assassin, to have a family. Yeah. Because that's huge collateral. And to take them yourself to their public school? I mean, yeah. I assumed when that whole scene happened previously that they were decoy kids or she was like a fake nanny or something. Yeah. I, I, I didn't think you have real kids and you're taking them to school. Yeah. But again, this is why I really hope we get to know more about the ghost. Exactly. We get that backstory And the in. other women in this, because she does say it wasn't as common, but it's more common now. So who are these other women yes. that they're pulling oh, for this work? That's exactly right. That's such a like fun little hint. Right? Maybe we're going to see more yeah. and more female killers, yeah. assassins. Uh, yeah. Great question. Thank you for yeah. writing in. So we had a writer named Laura, a listener, write in. And the subject line of her email was unqueering killing Eve. And it, it was a it was a lovely nuanced email. And she, uh, I'll just read the beginning of it. Laura said, hi, Christy. I really enjoy your podcast, which is primarily why I'm writing to you with my criticism. I love this show, Killing Eve. But there are a lot of tricky and potentially problematic elements of it when looking at it from a queer perspective. I think most people watching the show are not really analyzing it too deeply from that perspective, including people who identify as queer. But I am and wanted to send you an article to read and consider uh, things that really lay out the issues that I and other queer people have with the show. So I'm going to link this article that Laura sent in the show notes. Uh, I really appreciated you writing in, Laura. And we, we emailed a little bit back and forth because I totally agree. I This is something that I hope to have a much larger discussion with yeah. some queer guests, maybe in a, a panel mini-sode yeah. episode or something. I can't believe I didn't talk about it more with Laura Campbell who Laura is uh was one of our previous guests and is a queer filmmaker and this is like their bread and butter Laura loves sort of analyzing this kind of thing but I I agree that in the first season we talked a lot about the idea of queer baiting and was Mm. this show sort of just hinting at this relationship between these two women to draw in the LGBTQIA audience or was this something that's actually real? And I, I think the idea about queer people sort of being able to have agency and tell their own stories is also a really important element of this. Because as far as I know, neither of the showrunners to date are queer yeah. women. Uh, so so it's, it's a really interesting, nuanced, complex thing. Oh, absolutely. Thing. And I do think that we all love the show. It's so engaging and well yes. done yeah. and, you know, dramatic. But I definitely don't think it's beyond reproach and i definitely think that this specifically uh the representation of queer identity is a really important piece that we should all be thinking about Mm -hmm. and um engaging with really intentionally and delicately oh absolutely so yeah Yeah. so i'm gonna i'm gonna link the article in the show notes we can have discussions about it in the facebook group Mm -hmm. i just wanted to thank you so much laura for writing in uh yeah that's great okay next next email This one is from Emma. Emma says, from the last pod, I couldn't 
stop thinking about what Villanelle's social media would look like <laughs> because we talked about the idea that it's so weird. No one's on social media in the show. Yeah. It's very, it's a stark contrast from like my life and my peers' lives. Uh, Emma says, now I need to see Eve and V poking each other back instantly on Facebook because that's basically already their vibe. Love your show and look forward to listening to your commentary every week. Don't kill anyone. Emma. Aww. Emma, that's, such a lovely message yeah. and so funny. And the idea of poking each other on Facebook is so perfect because it is such a great sort of allegory for doing nothing. It means nothing, but that is an intimate action. I don't see, I see it as they would use a Snapchat. Villanelle would use Snapchat, you know? Because she doesn't want a record. Yeah, exactly. But she would post very provocative things. And then just make sure that they're gone at the end of it. So, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that's how I don't I see like her that. having anything with any kind of permanence. She would she would do something to make sure no one could take a screenshot yeah, of anything exactly. she ever did. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, all right. Our next message is from Erica. And Erica says, hi, Christy. What are your thoughts on episode five being the first episode that Emerald Fennell hasn't received a writing credit for? Mm. We all know that episode five is traditionally a big episode for even Villanelle. And I'm just going to pause because we do know that, but it's also so funny the way the fans of the show were all talking about it as if the show has been running for 30 seasons. <laughs> like, there's only one other episode five. It's not, it doesn't stand to reason that all episode fives will be the yeah. same, but we've built it up and now it's the thing and yeah. next season better and follow And it delivered. Yes, it for sure delivered. So I feel like now they are beholden yeah. to us to continue this tradition. Uh, so Erica says... Uh, I was surprised to see that Freddie Cyborn, again, apologies, Freddie, if I'm not saying your name right. Let us know. Uh, had the sole writing credit for this episode. I enjoyed the episode, but something didn't feel quite right. And dedicated viewers, uh, I think, could all uh, definitely feel a departure in tone, style, pace from PWB and Emerald. Would love to hear your thoughts about it on the podcast. Love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Erica. So I think this is a great uh a great question, yeah. a great thing to sort of ponder. I definitely felt watching, and I think we both did, that this episode did not feel funny. And there have been other episodes yeah. in the show, and especially this season, that don't really feel as punchy comedically yeah. as the Phoebe Waller-Bridge ones. But this definitely had a very interesting sort of tone. Yeah, absolutely. I felt like the episode was very successful in making me feel like unnerved the whole way through. Like I didn't know what to expect in a lot of aspects of it. Totally. Right up and to that last moment with yeah. Nico where we didn't see that coming. No, no. And it's just, and it's just like that, uh, just being unsettled I think is how hopefully they want us to approach the 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 culmination of a lot of this kind of stuff. Um, because you don't, I, I suppose you don't want to get predictable in a show like this either. You know, you don't want to be like, oh, well, here's this trope now, you know? It's, yeah. It's very much like, no, these are unpredictable people in a very difficult time. Yeah. And it's interesting in terms of writing credit. So I'm obviously not an expert on British <laughs> TV. I will call my British friends and learn more about it. I'm sorry. Uh, but in, for the most part in the TV writing world, being credited with an episode does not necessarily mean you were the only one to write that episode. Yeah. 
sometimes in some cases it doesn't even mean you wrote the episode credits are a very political thing mm. and it's a, a about your experience it's yeah. about the contracts you get it's about how much you get paid you are paid more if you're credited as a co-producer versus just a story editor yeah. on something yeah. even if you're not doing that much different depending on the show yeah so just from my experience in the entertainment industry I do know I have friends who have written on shows who have never been credited with yeah. an episode and yes. have done the lion's share of writing that show. So I don't know. I would be so fascinated. I mean, hey, Sid Gentle, if you guys want to do a behind-the-scenes documentary, bring us into your writer room. Yeah. I would be happy to host, edit, and <laughs> I don't know, put it up on Vimeo. Uh, but I'd be really curious to see how much is arced out and how much yeah. do they beat out in the room together as a group yeah. and how much autonomy does each individual writer have also even if you do have autonomy you go write your episode after everyone's agreed on sort of the story and you bring it back in some shows the showrunner then does a pass of that script and yeah. rewrites it to their liking and the network could have notes too with, with how they foresee it proceeding and yeah. you know then that changes your script again so, so yeah just there's always say, more hands in the yeah pot and hands the, in the pot Chefs in the kitchen? Hands <laughs> <laughs> in the pot is an expression, but I will use it now. Uh, yeah, just just to know that the crediting you see, especially on places like IMDb, mm-hmm. doesn't always reflect yeah. what actually happened. Uh, but great question. Okay, yeah. we have one more email, and this one is a longer one. Ooh. This is from Andrea, uh, who has been with us since season one. Hey, Aww. Andrea. Hey, girl. Andrea says, Hi, Christy. Loving the podcast this season. Here is my takeaway from episode five. I found it very interesting to see Villanelle being the one in this episode making a bit of effort to show consideration. Is this legal? I'm just looking out for you when yeah. when she asks kind of Eve if she's even allowed to be interrogating the ghost. Yeah. Uh, and seeking out a sign that Eve cares about her, her very vulnerable I got you what you wanted, and a thank you would be nice. And to see Eve react with a mix of indifference and irritation to both of those instances, Villanelle's comment of, you just take, 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 is pretty accurate in this episode. Mm. Of course, let us not forget that Villanelle did murder Bill, and Eve (laughs) has every reason to show disdain towards her, but we all know that Eve does want some sort of personal relationship with her. So for me, it raises the question... How will Eve reconcile her need to explore her connection with Villanelle while still needing Villanelle to be the scapegoat of her descent into darkness? What will Villanelle do if she thinks she can't get the relationship she wants from Eve? And if Villanelle switches her interest to someone new, what would Eve do to get her attention back? The answer to that question may be the scariest of all. The humanist under the madness is the heartbreaking part. Villanelle just wants to make a human connection with someone and is desperate for confirmation that Eve cares about her. And Eve, dark and dangerous as it may be, needs to explore the parts of herself that only the most destructive person in her life can open up within her and maybe even understand. Positive or negative indirection, they are both searching for the same thing within themselves, growth. Luckily, I binge watched the... Oh, nope, that's it. That's it. That's the end of it. Uh, Growth. What a what a beautifully put yeah. thing. I mean, oh my you, you bring up a lot of questions, Andrea. I I think what if Villanelle? What is Villanelle going to do if 
if she can't get the relationship she wants from Eve is a really interesting question. Yeah, because I don't know if her... Because she's someone that we are looking at as a psychopath. So once she wins, is it over? Yes. Like, you know what I mean? And so then she she's completely lost interest. Like, uh, her whole goal was the chase. Yeah. The chase was the end point from the beginning. The chase is... Yeah, that you know? is the final goal. Yeah. There is no final goal after that. No. Or is there? And that, yeah. And I think it's really interesting that idea that if Villanelle moves on, is then will Eve, is it sort of a you, you want what you can't have? Yeah. Like if Villanelle is not fully obsessed with her. Because she has moved on before from the teacher, right? Because she moved on to Eve from the teacher yes, with the yes, curly oh, hair, yes, you know? Abso- absolutely. So it's like that is, we see that that's something that has happened for her in the past. Yeah. And that she has killed those people that she's moved on Right? From, so, yeah. Seemingly able to just sort of cut it off. Yeah. Yeah. I, oof. Oof. Yeah. There's so much. Because uh, I don't think she can form a genuine connection. I don't think Villanelle. she can. Yeah. Well, I mean... It goes back to, if Villanelle is truly a psychopath, again, not a psychology major, yeah. I am probably wrong. But if she is truly a psychopath, yeah. then the idea of human connection is one that she can't have a real human connection. No. She doesn't have real human emotions. She's sort of fronting and pretending. Yeah. But we have seen her now, from the last episode especially, we have seen her crying and sad and seemingly upset so is that someone who is a full, true psychopath? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen her kill so callously and so many times, right? including people that really matter to Eve, someone yeah. that she has always been fascinated with. So is, like, what does that happy ending look like? Yeah. I don't know. And I also think, because Eve had to be reminded she killed Bill in this episode. Mm-hmm. You know? Was it Kenny who said that? I think so, yeah. yeah. When he was trying to call her out before their hallway call out. Yes. um, Just like, remember, he killed Bill. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because it seems like Eve gets very caught up in sort of the moment of what's happening. Mm -hmm. And the big picture, obviously she's not thinking about the future. She's making tons of terrible choices. Yeah. But it's like almost the past is starting to blur too. Oh, this show. Right? It's, oh gosh. This show's so good. Uh, okay, thanks so much, Andrea. Uh, sorry I butchered the end of your letter. I'd edit it out, but who has the time? Uh, okay, so are, do you have any final thoughts about this episode or the show, where the season is going? I don't know what to expect anymore. And I feel like this this episode did was, again, like so successful at just making me be like, oh, I don't know anything that's happening. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just hoping we get to see, explore more of Ghost and what her story is and what that, what, because especially because it doesn't seem like she's a killer the way Villanelle is a killer. Oh, Just even, just down to the core of who they are as people. And then it's like, why did she make this choice? Yes. You know, it's clear Villanelle takes pleasure in this, but it's not so clear that Ghost, the Ghost does. Yeah. You know? It feels a bit like necessity for her mm-hmm. and like what that means. And yeah. And you're totally right what you said earlier. We don't know the infrastructure. Does no. she have a handler? Is yeah. she with an organization? Is she, you know, a mercenary for hire? Right. We need to know. That's why I was hoping that, like I was hoping, but I guess, I guess maybe these are secrets that we will find out at some point. You know, maybe Carolyn and Constantine are way more involved with the ghost than we 
understand, you know? Ooh. Oh, like, I just need to know. Yeah. If someone could just get me the scripts for the end of yeah. season three, I'd be very grateful. Yeah. They, I mean, this episode felt kind of dark. Yeah. And a lot happened and it was very surprising. But as always with the show, it definitely is like keeping us on our toes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Nothing is, nothing is safe. And I want to see the, the, the conversation we're going to have with Nico and Eve. Oh my God. Like, I mean, what is that going to be? I I cannot imagine. Oh, I can't imagine. And I can't wait. And I can't believe we had a Nico Villadell interaction. I, oh. I would have assumed they were saving that for seasons from now. That it was right? just so casual and happened so abruptly at the end of an episode. Yeah. Hey, show. And just, I guess it shows like everything is just swirling together in a cauldron right now. And it's, yeah. Oh, I really enjoyed this episode. Oh, me too. I really did. Yeah. I'm so happy you were here to watch it. Thank Ooh, you so me. much for having oh, me. Oh, you're so welcome. That brings us to the wrap up of the show, which is Confirm the Kill, aka Plugs. So if you're not following the show already, you can follow us at Spilling Eve on Twitter and Instagram. Rate and review the show. Very much appreciate all of the amazing little killers who have been doing that. Uh, you have no idea. It brings so much joy to my day and it helps our show get seen more yada yada you know you listen to other podcasts this is not new information no. you can send us your emails to spilling at gmail.com join the facebook group it's such an awesome community and i know there are other killing eve discussion groups on facebook and that's awesome be part of all of them but ours is really special and we keep it we keep it very specific to the <laughs> show and to this podcast and that's what we talk about in there it, we will have the link for that in the show notes of this episode as well so you can just click right through you have to uh get approved to join basically so mm. the way to get approved is don't be a bot and we have a couple of questions just answer those questions you'll get approved way quicker they're literally like do you watch this show <laughs> are you an evil villanelle you can answer any way you want but just prove to us that you're a real human being not a monster and uh, that's pretty much it. Do you have anything you would like to plug, Caroline? Um, I'm doing Toronto Fringe this year. Ooh. Yeah, it's a show called Woke and Broke, and it's a sketch show. Do you know your venue yet? Yeah, it's the, uh, I'm going to always, it's again, it's a Helen Phelan Gardner, Gardner Playhouse. Play yes. It's the feeling that always, it'll feel throw on? you for a loop. It's downtown Toronto. Yes. It's friends. in the St. George campus. So, uh, yeah. Well, that's so fun. And yeah. you, so you're writing and performing. Writing and performing. So exciting. Yeah. Go to that. Fringe is the best friends. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Christy Lapointe if you're not already. And, uh, I think that's pretty much it. I don't want to end this podcast. No, you, this was great. Do you hear me just lengthening yeah. <laughs> out? All right, friends. Remember, do not kill anyone. Bye -bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 